this is a a very very terrible crime especially when it involves minors which is uh, absolutely horrible and we don't want in Colombia those types of travelers they, they are not welcome here in Colombia Hello there and welcome to Wrongways Colombia cast our guest for this episode is Colombia's Vice Minister for Tourism, Julian Guerrero Orozco, a man I interviewed back in October 2019 for my then Semana Magazine podcast. Oh, how the world has changed since then. Uh, thanks for joining us, Vice Minister. Now, when we spoke 16 months ago, foreign tourists were flocking to Colombia in record numbers. The sector was booming by all accounts. I'd go as far to say, although you probably won't agree with me, that it was easy being vice minister for tourism. But fast forward to today, and it's an industry, both regionally and globally, suffering particularly badly due to coronavirus and the measures implemented in a bid to contain it. First of all, can you give us an idea of just how tough things have been this last year for those working in tourism here in Colombia. Well, thank you very much, Brendan, for the invitation, first of all. And you are right. I mean, it has been the, the worst period in history, probably, for tourism, not only in Colombia, but worldwide. And Colombia has not been exempted from, from the situation, of course. And we've seen a significant decline in terms of hotel occupancy, international flights, uh, domestic flights as well, tour operators, uh, travel packages, etc. Almost, almost reaching 100% in the worst point, 90-something percent when you speak about the, the whole industry um, globally, I mean, in Colombia. Mm -hmm. But, you know, you cannot decide what happens in your life. You just have to confront whatever situation you face and we cannot just, uh, yeah, you know, think about the situation, the terrible situation that Colombia is enduring in terms of tourism, where we have the freedom is to decide what to do with that situation. And that's where I think that we have put uh, many, many instruments and policies and measures in place to make sure that the economic impact on the sector is the lowest possible and that we put the conditions for a speedy recovery. Okay. Now, of course, you mentioned those measures. And, and as always, you know, as somebody who works in the government, uh, they're never enough. Uh, there's always going to be some people who will say you can do more. Now, I know in NATO, uh, Colombia's uh, National Association for Travel Agencies and uh, for Tourism in general, has called for an extension of some of the employment subsidies and, and different things that you, um, that you have had for the last few months. Are they going to be extended now? Because we're probably looking at uh, certainly international travel not re uh, coming back in force for, I would say, at least another year. So are those measures going to be extended or, or is that something you're still considering? Yeah, let me start by saying that uh, we put in place last year more than 41 measures to mitigate the economic impact. And they had to do with the suspension of the income tax, the VAT, the tourism tax, and several other taxes that, that affect the industry. We also put in place different measures, like for example, allowing uh, airlines and tour operators, mm, allowing them not to reimburse money in cash, but in commitments towards the future, like bonuses or vouchers for the future. We adopted um, also measures that had to do with giving subsidies for the payment of salaries and uh, as well a special subsidy for guides, for example, uh, among other many, many things. 
We also created last year a um, biosecurity stamp. It's called Check-in Certified to build trust among consumers uh, and allow companies to have a recognition by a third independent party of the fact that they are implementing the, the, the policies, uh, the, the, the biosafety measures properly. And at the end of last year, we approved a law in Congress where we included several reactivation or recovery measures, economic measures that had to do with a reduction, for example, of the VAT for air tickets from 19 to 5%, the exemption of uh, VAT for all the packages that had to do with uh, you know, uh, tourism and air transportation. Uh, there were many measures that we adopted uh, that amounted, and this is not a exact figure because it depends on the behavior of the of the sector, but it amounts to between 1.5 and 1.8 billion and billion in Spanish or in Colombia, it's millions of millions, not thousands of millions. So that's a lot, a lot of money in terms of the the savings that can be given to the to the sector to uh, increase demand and the recovery. Now, having said that, you are asking me if there are additional measures to be taken. Of course, as you rightly point out, uh, probably there are never enough measures to, to assist and help the, the sector. So nothing is uh, not going to be considered. You know, we need to see how the, the, the industry progresses. We have also to recognize that there has to be a limit at some point because it, it cannot go endlessly. And already very, very significant measures, I would dare say that probably no other economic sector in Colombia has received more benefits than the tourism sector. Now, uh, all, the, all the proposals and new ideas are on the table. They're being discussed. I know it's not only about um, the uh, extension of uh, you know, economic benefits, but also, for example, lines of credit. <clears throat> we are considering that with the Ministry of Finance. And of course, there's nothing that cannot be discussed and everything is, is possible to be put in the table for a discussion in a technical manner. Okay, a work in, in progress, I guess, or you, you're continuously monitoring it as the situation evolves. Um, there are a couple of specific ones, because I did put out a few feelers to people who work directly in the industry, hostel owners and, and other travel agents. I'll come to them in a second. Just one thing I want to, from, from um, the, the customer's perspective, you mentioned that with airlines, you put in place this package where you can get a voucher instead of getting reimbursed your, your payment if you lost a flight. But you can still get your money back if you want that, I take it. Sure, that, sure, yeah, okay. absolutely. Yeah, because for a lot of people, they may not want to travel again or go to that particular place, or it might have been just at that time. Okay, just some of the more specific ones. There was one hostel owner in, in Medellin, and he told me because he only has one employee, the employment assistance or salary assistant doesn't uh, apply to him and that he has had no measures. So he... He was telling me that it affects him as a smaller operator and that the measures help more so the bigger operators. Is that something you're aware of in terms of if you only have one employee on your books that you won't get the assistance? Yeah, I mean, the different types of measures, uh, be them uh, the subsidy, be them uh, tax suspension or even preferential credit lines, apply to different types of operators. But the truth is that we have tried to 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 cover a wide range of uh, enterprises being them like very small enterprises probably as the one you mentioned or 
big, big companies. But I have to say, I don't have the figures out of my head, but I have to say that most of the money has gone to the small and medium enterprises because we recognize that they are the ones that that, uh, that need the, probably the most and that they might have, for example, more difficulty in accessing credit. Uh, I don't know the particular case and I would have to look at it in the individual case in specifically, but uh, have no doubt that the, the measures were not adopted just to benefit the big companies. On the contrary, they were adopted to benefit the most vulnerable of all. Okay. Another one that came in to me was uh, from a, a hostel owner here, a, a popular hostel in La Candelaria in Bogota. He was saying that the um, impuesto de... Uh, Predial, which I guess is a property tax, as we translate it into English, <clears throat> is being charged at the commercial rate, whereas they haven't had the commerce for the last year. So any chances of that being uh, changed? Yeah. In that case, the property tax is not a national tax. It's a local tax. So it depends on the mayor of the city or well, the institutions of the of the municipality where we have uh, no control about it. But however, having said that, the law, the law 2068, has a specific article that states that the, it is allowed for municipalities to suspend or to reduce the, the taxes, including property tax, during the years 2021 and 2022 uh, because of the situation. So, I mean, the, legally, they can do it. Now, for each municipality, it will be their decision to see if they want to reduce that tax or suspend it. And, uh, well, in the case of Bogotá, it will be for the authorities of the municipality or the city to take that decision. But what is important is that in the law that we just passed, uh, it is allowed for the cities to take those type of decisions. Okay, well, so I'll get on to um, that hostel owner in Bogota and tell him he has to go knocking on the door of uh, Claudia Lopez to get that one changed. But we, we should see. That's right. Uh, just in terms of opportunities, though, um, Julian, because <laughs> obviously we, we spoke just before we, we hit the record button that international travel really isn't going to pick up. Uh, it's anyone's guess, but I would imagine for another year or whatever, and especially with restrictions that you have in the UK and Canada in terms of people coming from the likes of Colombia returning to the UK or Canada, they have to go and quarantine and pay a lot of money, etc. And other countries might bring in um, similar measures. So I guess the focus from your perspective now will be on pumping up domestic tourism, get Colombians to know their country better. Um, so so where is that? Is that the focus, I guess, is the question? And, and what are you actually doing to to improve that? Yes, I mean, that's the focus, and I guess that's the focus worldwide. However, I would not like to exaggerate the fact that we concentrate on domestic travel only, you know, because I think it would be an error not only for Colombia, but for different countries just to focus on domestic travelers, you know, because uh, we, one needs to recognize that, that the international travelers are good travelers, they have a good income, they spend quite a bit, uh, probably even more than domestic travelers. So I wouldn't like to oppose international versus domestic. Now, uh, because there is a limitation in international travel, we need to compensate the lack of international travel with domestic. But we also need not to disappear from the from the screen. You know, we need not to disappear in the international sphere. And we have also been strengthening in a different way uh, the 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 presence, let's say, of Colombia internationally. For when the time comes, it's not like starting from scratch, but there's also a ground that has been gained in the process. Now, we have been strengthening domestic tourism, yes, of course, and we have been doing it uh, several uh, ways, mainly uh, with the 
certification that I just spoke about, the biosecurity stamp. It's not only about reducing the risk of um, contagion of the pandemic in the tourism industry. It's also about building trust because it's not enough to be open, to allow the economic activity of tourism to take place if we don't create the demand the consumers demand that we need. You know, if we have a demand that is 5%, it's the same as, pretty much the same as if it were, the sector were closed, you know. So we have done that with the biosecurity stamp and we've also put um, very significant resources, almost double than the amount of resources that we norm normally allocate for domestic promotion through the campaign of Yovoi with a specific, uh, you know, tailor-made uh, campaign for the situation that's called Colombia sin ti no es Colombia. Without Colombia, without you, it's not Colombia. Incentivating, and you might have seen in the newspapers and television in the airports, this campaign like going very strongly, again, to incentivate travel among Colombians. Have you got any feedback, though, in terms of confidence, Julian? Because, um, well, there are a number of factors at play, but personally, and I know another few people similar to me, we haven't left the greater environs of Bogota in the last year. And I, you know, I'm not in a vulnerable category, uh, so I think anyway, uh, for, for COVID. Um, and it's, it's just that the environment, the kind of atmosphere of, like, oh, it seems like a chore to go traveling. Now, I know that's not the case because I have other friends who have traveled, but the confidence isn't there to kind of encourage people, for some people anyway, to get out there. Is, are you, is that being reflected in, in numbers at the moment? Yeah, no, I think that the, the end of the year was... Uh... Of course, not to the levels of 2019, but there was a progressive and increasing number of travelers throughout the country. And we saw uh, hotel occupancy between 30 and 35 percent, which is, again, not the 57 that we had before, but not the 6 percent or less that we reached in the lowest uh, point uh, last year. In terms of domestic connectivity, we are around 96 percent of connectivity domestically. So pretty much all the all the air transportation uh, that existed before the pandemic is is again uh, in place and, and active now the the occupancy of the planes might not be uh, as high as the numbers were before but that doesn't mean that there is a a, a positive uh, trend in that sense okay uh, a word you mentioned it anyway uh, the air companies um our friend Declan Ryan also uh, wrote to me asking me could I ask a few questions um he, he wanted your opinion on, on Viva Air's new hub in Medellin, a, a positive development for the, for the country? Yeah, very positive. And think about that. He, they have, I think it's three new uh, frequencies that they recently opened, maybe a week ago, I think. And you ask yourself, wow, I mean, new connectivity, new frequencies in the midst of the pandemic. And that's very, very good news. And I think that reflects the trust that airlines and companies have in the recovery of, of Colombia's tourism. Mm -hmm. uh, I've had the chance also to speak with different uh, big tour operators and, 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 and companies that work in tourism. And they see that Colombia is progressing much quicker than other countries in the region. And I, I really focus on strengthening their strategy of developing tourism in Colombia. Yeah, well, I guess time will tell whether um, Declan Ryan's and Vivera's decision to uh, have more, more routes and things uh, was the right decision at, at this time, but we shall see. just want to bring it back to international travel because on a lot of the um, foreign groups on Facebook where we have comments and all that, the people who visit here and, and expats, whatever, one of the, the issues has been the PCR test. Now, I know it's not just Colombia that, that requires this test, but the quick turnaround, the problems with it, 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 it is another barrier to entry 
if people do want to come to the country because it creates that little bit of a problem. But uh, I mean, at the moment, are your hands tied with that due to the health protocols? Well, I, I think that Colombia has been more flexible than other countries that require the PCR to be taken in advance. There was a decision by a judge in Colombia that uh, that obliged for the the test to be to be taken, but in the in the effort to try to uh, not hinder, not affect uh, travel internationally, the test is allowed to be taken when you arrive in Colombia or even you, you can spend a quarantine, but if you take the test, you can go in. So at the moment, um, you, can, you can fly without the PCR and you can take the PCR test in Colombia. While you take it and have the results, you need to be uh, isolated, but that is much, much more flexible than the requirements that uh, many other countries have. Yeah, well, the, the UK, for one, like paying £1,750 to yeah, have a 10-day quarantine, it, it's very restrictive indeed. But yeah, I, um, I guess we just have to wait and see in terms of numbers if they do uh, come in in the months uh, to, to follow. Uh, just bringing it to other opportunities, because this is kind of cross-departmental, cross-ministries, I guess. But other developing or emerging market countries are looking at digital nomads as, a, as an area to tap into. Um, <clears throat> Estonia, for example, I think has, has a decent uh, program in place in terms of you pay for health insurance, etc. Here, in terms of visas, there are various types, but I don't know if there are any specific for, for digital nomads. Is, is that something you've discussed? I mean, I know it's not quite tourism, but it does bring in the numbers and obviously more people that are coming here internationally uh, to speak uh, highly of the country. It, it's all positive news for you. So is, is that an area that you think Colombia could could um, get into a little bit more so than they are currently? Yeah, I think so. I think that there is an opportunity there. I mean, I think we've all experienced the possibility of working uh, away from the office. And that doesn't mean that you have to work from home. You can also work from a nice hostel or hotel or a very nice place. Uh, as long as you have connectivity, there should be no problem. I'm at the moment at my home and I can work perfectly from here. So um I think that there is a big opportunity and Colombia can be very attractive for that. I am aware that several hostels have been adapting themselves to this type of, of new travelers, let's say. Uh, and again, we're working with the Ministry of Foreign Affairs, but we haven't made that speedy progress as much as we would have liked. But uh, that's something that we need to look into. It's uh, not that easy to create those types of visa, actually. Colombia just over a year ago had simplified it, its visa system and it has a lot of technical requirements, etc., to make sure that the system that you put in place is, is the appropriate one. But there is, a, there is a big opportunity, no doubt, in trying to attract those types of travelers. Well, I think, uh, Julian, I speak for many other uh, foreigners here when I say maybe you could have a word with La Cancelleria. The system has, has been a little bit arbitrary of, of late since they made those changes, kind of it doesn't make a lot of sense. And then we've had some high profile cases of uh, social media influencers going on and making a case and then they get, get a visa uh, decision uh, overturned. Anyway, that, that's another story. I know it's not your uh, area, but if you're, if you're having a word with La Cancelleria, maybe you can mention that. Um, I do want to bring up another couple of points, uh, non-COVID related. And this came from the hostel owner in Medellin, because the last time we spoke, as I mentioned at the top of the of the interview, was back in October 2019. And that very day I went to Medellin for the first time since 2012, actually, I returned. And one thing that really stuck out for me, Juliana, and, and it was, uh, well, 
have to say it was rather uh, intimidating. In Plaza Botero, the number of um, blatant in the middle of the day at two or three o'clock in the afternoon of, of prostitutes in the most popular square of Medellin. And the hostel owner in Medellin actually sent this to me as well in, in, in saying, is it, is it, it's a topic that you could raise with the minister in terms of, is it something, I'm guessing it's something you're aware of and something that you're not too happy about. I mean, Medellin has worked wonders. And we spoke about Medellin in our last interview in terms of Pablo Escobar tours and all that kind of negative tourism, if you want to call it that. But we talked about how its image has changed remarkably. But that, I have to say, Julian, like I was really shocked. Uh, it, it really did take me back to go, wow, this is in the middle of, of a very popular tourist um, hotspot in the middle of the city. What are your thoughts on that? No, my, my thoughts, is this is a, a very, very terrible crime, it's especially when it involves minors, which is uh, absolutely horrible. And we don't want in Colombia those types of travelers. The, they are not welcome here in Colombia. There's nothing that we dislike more than that type of, of, of tourism. And we are working together with the police and we have had several op operatives of the police and people have been captured, etc. But again, uh, the effort that is made is, of course, not enough because increasingly more people, more people, uh, I mean, uh, want to, 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 to come for that reason. But we conduct op operatives. We conduct uh, also, um, we call them formalization brigades where we talk to people and, and try to incentivate for this not to happen. It's quite difficult, and we also made a big effort in the new law, the tourism law, the 2068 law adopted last year to include a reference about the prohibition to, to allow the, you know, the stay of minors without their parents or their respons legal responsible. Uh, not that this didn't exist before, because I, as I say, it's a crime. It's a crime, and you should be in prison if you do that with minors, of course. It's different if they are overage but there was no consequence in terms of tourism so a hotel could just allow that and if they capture somebody it would be for the people that participated in, in that crime but there was no consequence for example of the closure of of the hotel now with what we included in the law in december last year there will be a consequence for that and we're trying to strengthen the, the action uh, between the police, the Fiscalía General de la Nación, uh, the industry and commerce uh, superintendency as well that has the inspection and control and vigilance over the, the operators of, of tourism to try to reduce this as much as possible. But this is really a cancer that we, we need to fight more strongly. But you can be assured that uh, we are not just sitting down with our hands crossed, not doing anything. We are. I think it's a huge problem, very difficult to, to manage and to, and to attack and to combat, especially because there is no uh, denounce, you know, there's no there's people that uh, are involved in, the, in this industry they, or the victims of the industry, they don't um, let the authorities know. And, and uh, of course, there's the issue of victimization, again, that you don't want to re-victimize people that have been victim of this uh, crime uh, 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 submitting them to a, a, a you know a legal process, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. It's quite difficult, but uh, we are trying our best to to combat uh, this crime. Okay. Uh, well, what, one simple thing, and and it might be a little bit uh, kind of belittling the problem, but uh, the whole uh, hostel owner in Medellin had said like. 
on a practical level, just having maybe a, a tourism office in the likes of Plaza Botero, Parque Geras, and with tourism police there 24-7 uh, might be one way to kind of deter the problem in some regards. I'm not sure if that yeah, happens. That, yeah. mm-hmm. I mean, that can be one of, among many Very other, but I think, you know, these are not just like incidental things that happen. These are criminal organizations that are dedicated to this, to this, uh, to this yeah. activity. Uh, so it's not about just like somebody that improvised and say like, okay, I'm, I'm going to do this for, for once to get some money. They are criminal organizations. And actually a little bit over a year ago, we conducted an operation. And when I say we, it's the, the national police. And we were in Parque Lleras with the general prosecutor, with the mayor of Medellin, with the police, giving the results of that operation that it even implied the, the arrest of an American citizen in New York, uh, which was quite uh, important to send the signal that uh, foreigners that are coming to Colombia to do this type of uh, crimes are not welcome here and they will be prosecuted not only in Colombia, but also abroad. Yeah, and, and of course, if people think we're having a, an attack on Medellin, of course it's not. I mean, Medellin uh, has some many great things to offer as a city uh, for tourists or people who want to relocate there as well. There, there's a lot going for it. But of course, this is an issue that, as you said, you're very anxious to tackle and, and I'm sure you're doing your bit. Um, uh, in about 16 months' time, Julian, we'll have a new president uh, of this uh, country. Uh, Duque can't run again, of course. There might be a successor. But um, will you be happy to leave your position or do you want to continue working? You've, you've been working in tourism for a long time. You were pro-Columbia, of course, before this. It's, uh, I guess, part of your, your DNA to work in tourism. So what, what's the future for um, the vice minister in, in next year? No, I think I think that uh, these works imply a lot of responsibility and it is an opportunity really to serve your country and try to do the best you can. But I think that change is always good. So I'm not uh, aspiring. I have no interest in, in remaining uh, for a long time in the job. I think that change uh, is good. I think that there are important things that... Uh, that I have achieved and with all modesty, I think that I have good results to, to show, especially when it comes to putting sustainability at the heart of the industry. I, ha- I think that Colombia has to make a bet not to make sure that people reap the benefits for, from tourism for the next two, five or 10 years, but hopefully for the next 50 or 100 years. So I think that uh, we, we've done a lot in that sense. We published the first sustainable tourism policy in Colombia, the first the first one that we've ever had. We published the illustrated training handbook for nature guides in Colombia, which is a really great publication that allows for a scientifically based interpretation of Colombia's natural patrimony. We also passed the law 2068 that has a big, big chapter on sustainability where we have incentives, the improvement of sanctions also for combating people that destroy the environment. And we have different figures in the law that will be too detailed to, to tell you about. But uh, oh, again, that puts sustainability in, in the heart of the industry. I, I think that that's the largest and uh, most important bet that I personally have made with the aim not of uh, having tourism, as I already said, for just a couple of years, but really to take advantage of tourism and also that tourism serves for the conservation and preservation of that natural heritage that we have. And it is that it is precisely the motive for people to come visit us. Okay, yeah, and of course, uh, 
when we talk about nature and the environment, well, there's no better country uh, than Colombia. We spoke the last time, of course, you've got five, five countries in one here. Uh, <laughs> but just finally, uh, any chance then that we'll see Julian Guerrero or Roscoe on, on, a, on a ballot paper in the coming years? Any, <laughs> any chances of you running for office at all? Absolutely no. <laughs> I will go back to to my private um, endeavors. My my, I would I would love and I will stay working in 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 tourism in in, in sustainable tourism. Maybe through consultancy or maybe through my own business or something of that sort. But uh, no, I think uh, it's more than enough. I think I've worked in the public sector more than twenty years or twenty or twenty five years. So I think that's uh, that's about. Uh, enough and uh, I will probably be doing other stuff you've, you've, you've served your country well enough so yeah no, time time for a little bit of a break look um, Vice Minister for Tourism uh, Julian Guerrero Roscoe I appreciate you taking the time to join us here on Wrong Ways Columbia Cast uh, remember guys if you want to get in touch with me on Twitter you can with the handle being at W Way Corrigan but uh, until the next time ciao ciao thank you Brendan yeah.